0: The Buddha was sitting by a campfire beneath a canvas
1: full of stars one night and some friends came and joined him and they began to ask the Buddha questions like, what is life for and what is the self made of and is there a God and how do we get to heaven? Questions that I know many of us wonder about too. The Buddha waited until every question was spoken and then he answered If you practice loving kindness you will know the answer to every question there is
0: Enlightenment does not bring love love is what brings enlightenment Just breathe that in with me for a moment love is what brings enlightenment.
1: The story came from Robert Holden's new book, Finding Love Everywhere. If love brings enlightenment, then shouldn't we make it the center of our lives and not just on Valentine's Day one day a year? Shouldn't we practice it regularly, grow it, and try to feel loving and embody love whenever we can? But what exactly Is love? How do we define it? How do we know it beyond a gushy Hallmark card? In many ways, love defies definition. Compassion doesn't quite get at the whole of it because it's part excitement, part heart swelling, part empathy, part kindness. Love is deep affection, it's attachment, it's attention, it's intimacy and connection. Now, most of us know those famous words in Corinthians 13, often spoken at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. In some ways, I think love is like a rainbow, full of all the beautiful colors of existence, but somehow impossible to really pin down. Now, most of us want and need love in our lives, don't we? I mean, who doesn't want love? From the moment we're born, we yearn to be loved. We seek connection as we stare adoringly into our parents' eyes. We want to give and receive love. We want to feel loved. It's perhaps our deepest longing in life. So sometimes we, as humans, go to great lengths to find love and we might look for love in all the wrong places as the song goes. We might lose our way in our quest for love, shackled by fear or misled by desperation. And we end up in situations or being ways that are far from loving. But we can find love beyond just falling in love. We can learn to love. We can cultivate it. We can discover it all around us. Roberts. Holden's poem, Where Love Is, says where there is love, pain breathes, tears smile, hurt softens, guilt loses its edge, judgment forgets to judge, fear is
0: no longer afraid, separation is over, where there is love, you are there. Separation is over is a line
1: that particularly speaks to me. For many years, I didn't feel the presence of love unless I was in love. And if I didn't have that overwhelming, breathtaking, deeply connecting feeling for someone, then I didn't think I had love in my life. But as I've grown older and deepened my spiritual practice and understanding, I've come to realize that love is everywhere. It's in us, it's among us, and it's around us everywhere, if only we choose to open to it and see it, if only we allow separation to be over between us and others. Now, we can express and experience love in many different ways for people close to us, but also through the love of God or spirit or for the magnificence of creation. In love for ourselves and for our bodies, love for the earth and animals. Through love that uplifts and strives for justice and equity for all, love that soothes pain and hurt, or by allowing love to hold us as we just sang. We certainly don't need a romantic partner to feel it, which is really comforting if we feel alone around Valentine's Day. Love, my friends is everywhere. We just need to open and offer our deep attention to something or someone and allow it to enter into our hearts. We can discover love by being truly present with life, by noticing the miracle of existence, by caring, by listening, by seeking to understand others with whom we may disagree by opening to the love within, among and around us. So what if our core nature is actually love? We yearn to love and be loved because this is how we express our essence, our purpose for being on this earth. So maybe we just need to remove the barriers that we built around our hearts through fear or pain or struggle, and allow love to flow freely again. Although I realize that sometimes that's easier said than done. I watch my adorable dog, Daisy. Now, for those of you, oh, there she is. For those of you who've met Daisy, she's truly love incarnate. She's incredibly cuddly and loving and spends a lot of her life on my lap or following me around the house. She's taught me so much about love and connection. Yet when something scares her and she's gripped by fear, she turns into a vicious attack dog. And boy, have I seen her chase other dogs or seagulls on the beach like she has to get rid of them and crows in our backyard. Life's many challenges and fears can hide our natural loving nature by building walls around our hearts or putting us into emergency management, fight or flight. The 14th century Persian poet Hafiz spent his life devoted to and exploring love. He wrote over 5,000 poems on the subject. Hafiz agrees that we all long to be loved. And in his poem, With That Moon Language, he suggests how we might bring more love into the world. Admit something. Everyone you see, you say to them, love me. Of course you don't do this out loud, otherwise someone would call the police. Still though, think about this, this great pull in us to connect. Why not become the one who lives with a full moon in each eye that is always saying with that sweet moon language what every other eye in the world is dying to hear? So how do we become more loving with full moons in our eyes reflecting back love to everyone? How do we radiate love and make it the center of our lives? How do we find love, feel love, and be love? The great wisdom traditions tell us that we are made of love, that love is at the core of everything, that God is love. Indeed, that love is God and that love is our purpose in this world. Spiritual teacher Marianne Williamson, whose book Return to Love is a New York Times bestseller, says, love is the essential reality and our purpose on earth. To be consciously aware of it, to experience love in ourselves and others is the meaning of life. Meaning does not lie in things. Meaning lies in us. So if love is our ultimate purpose and meaning in life, I thought we might spend a moment or so together practicing feeling love, sensing it actually in our bodies. Because if we can identify what it feels like, we may be more able, able to cultivate it. So are you willing to give this a go? I invite you to close your eyes for a moment if you feel comfortable or lower your gaze. And take a deep breath in and out with me. And now think about someone you love. It may be a significant other, a child, a parent, your pet or a teacher, mentor or guide.
0: Someone in your life, either present or deceased, whom you love. Think about what you love about them. Think about how you feel or felt when you're around them. And notice how your
1: body feels as you think about this being.
0: Open your heart and mind to their essence. What do you feel in your hands, in your feet? in your heart, in your head or in your belly as you think about
1: them. Perhaps there's a tingling of some kind or a buzzing or a sense of spaciousness, perhaps a feeling of
0: joy or peace. Can you sense your aliveness within as you think about your loved one? Notice how loving feels. And if you don't feel anything in your body, don't worry. You may feel something
1: in your mind, a hope or an optimism or a sense of possibility or belonging, some kindness or connection. If we pay attention, we begin to realize that we can conjure love within us through our imagination at any time, through our attention to the goodness in our lives, through gratitude by opening and melting into the wonder of existence. So when you're ready, I invite you to gently open your eyes. My friends, we can also learn about love and cultivate it by surrounding ourselves with loving beings. I've certainly learned about love from my dog, Daisy, and my husband, Michael, and son, Gabriel, and I've definitely learned about love from all of you. Unitarian Universalists are some of the most loving and caring people that I think I've ever met. You all embody a love that I've rarely experienced, a love grounded in deep care, integrity, attention, and thoughtfulness. A love that's demonstrated through service and action. Last week, when I attended the UU Ministers Institute, the professor in my class on grieving the earth asked us to go sit with a plant for 10 minutes and give it our undivided attention. He invited us to look at it, to touch it, to be with it, explore it, listen to it to ask it questions and give it our full attention for 10 minutes and we left our doubting minds aside and we just went for it. And during that time, I got to know the giant tiger lily outside our hotel in a way that I'd never known a plant before. I became fascinated with its bark. I saw the many different hues and shapes it had. I marveled at the plant's form and essence. I noticed how it leaned and it intertwined with other plants. I connected deeply with it in a way that I'd never related with any plant before. I literally fell in love with it as I marveled at it and gave it my undivided attention. Our professor told us that this is how we need to love our earth if we want to save it. We need to connect with the earth and all its beings so that we can love it deeply enough to want and care to save it. I have to say it really worked. Through that experience, I felt a much more profound connection to the source of life, to love and all that exists on this earth. Everything and everyone around me started to feel sacred. My heart felt full, open and soft. I believe this is why indigenous traditions speak of everything as people, of the stone people, the plant people, the animal people, when we see other beings around us, not just as objects, but we relate to them as beings to whom we're connected,
0: we open ourselves to their magic, to their sacredness. We open ourselves to loving them.
1: Imagine if we were to create connections like that with everything and everyone around us. If we were to give that quality of attention and respect to all, to truly listen and get to know those who are foreign to us, to get proximate to those we don't understand. When we're removed from others, when there's distance, we feel a divide and we often forget their sacredness, their inherent worth and dignity, which is why we must draw our circle wider and get to know those we don't.
0: The great love poet Rumi wrote, I stood before a silk worm one day, and
1: that night my heart said to me, I can do things like that. I can spin skies. I can be woven into love that can bring warmth to people. I can be soft against a crying face. I can be wings that lift, and I can travel on my thousand feet throughout the earth, my sacks filled with the sacred. And I replied to my heart, dear, can you really
0: do all those things? And it just nodded yes in silence. So we began and will never cease. Now that poem
1: is so beautiful that I'm gonna ask Rick to read that poem again for us. And as he reads it, I invite you to listen, great attention for a word or phrase that speaks to you, that jumps out at you, something that touches your
0: heart. Rick. I stood before a silkworm one day and that night
1: my heart said to me, I can do things like that. I can spin skies.
0: I can be woven into love and can bring warmth to people. I can be soft against
1: a crying face.
0: I can be wings that lift and I can travel on my thousand feet. Without the earth, my sacks filled with the sacred. And I replied to my heart, dear, can you
1: really do all those things? And it just nodded yes in silence.
0: So we began and we will never cease.
1: So if you feel like sharing, I invite
0: you to write a word or phrase in the chat that particularly spoke to you. Or you can just speak it out, speak it out into the space if you'd like to do that. Uh, Renee says,
1: I can do that. Tom Wolf says, woven into love, yes. Tim says, I can. Kendra, my thousand feet, Barb. Weavers, Ed, love to all. Claudia and Rick, and so we begin, our sweethearts. Barbara and Gordon, we will never cease. Barbara Jimerson, I can be soft against a crying face. Yes, so many beautiful phrases. So much richness. And I encourage you, if you want to feel love, to go read the poetry of Rumi and Hafiz. And Amy says, so I said to my heart, dear.
0: Randall says, bring warmth to people. So many ways to feel love.
1: Reverend Dr. Jackie Lewis, one of my mentors in her fabulous new book, which I commend to you called Fierce Love, invites us to free ourselves of fear and see through the eyes of love. She calls us to believe with all our hearts in love, to worship love,
0: pray to love, to become love. My friends, what if our religion were love?
1: That's often how Unitarian Universalism is described as love in action if we want a bumper sticker. So if we are love in action, then perhaps we should look to love to guide us each day, don't you think? Let love show us the way. So what does love in action actually look like? Does love want you to bring a cup of coffee or a meal to a friend in need or an unhoused person? Does love remind you to water your houseplants? Does it ask you to offer a ride to someone? Does love want you to advocate for the inherent worth and dignity for all, for racial equality? Does love call you to protect our earth and our animals? Listen, listen closely and let love show you the way. Love will guide us if we listen. Now, Christians often ask themselves, what would Jesus do to determine their behavior? And Buddhists look to the Buddha for guidance, and Muslims to Muhammad, blessed be his name. As Unitarian Universalists, we might look to love. And so I suggest that we ask ourselves each morning and throughout the day, what would love want me to know? What would love have me be? What would love do? As you evaluate your values, your actions, and your decisions, ask yourself any or all of those questions. And when you're not sure what to do or how to lead your life, just ask yourself, what would love want me to know? What would love have me be? What would love do? And we put those questions in the chat so you can copy them and keep them, paste them somewhere in your house, on a mirror, or in your journal. Because these make great guideposts for life. I've been trying to live with them for the last few days and it's really changed the way I am. Now, of course, sometimes it's not clear what the most loving choice is and there isn't a one size fits all for what love is. But we need to ask ourselves those questions with integrity, listening deeply for the most loving choice. And if you can, sit with yourself in silence and check in with your body. Remember how we practiced feeling love just now? I invite you to see how your body feels when you choose one option over another. Do you feel expansive and open or do you feel contraction and possibly some pain? Do you feel energized or do you feel fatigued? Those body signals will often tell you the next right choice, whether it comes from love or from fear and whether it is right for you. So are you willing to try that briefly with me now? Think of a question in your life or a decision that you need to make. Don't make it a huge one. It might just be, what should I do this afternoon? Or what should I eat? Or how can I be of
0: service? And then listen and ask yourself these three questions. What would love want me to know? What would love have me be? What would love do? And breathe and see what your body and heart tell you. I'll give you a moment or two to be with your question. Hopefully, some of you have found some answers. So, my beloveds, if you take anything from today,
1: what I want us most to remember is that love is not just something others give us. It's a feeling, a way of being that we can cultivate and nurture within, among, and beyond us. Love is our essential nature. Love might be our religion.
0: God is love. And love is God. And love is our guide for a good life. What would love have me know, be, or do?
1: Remember the Buddha's words, love is what brings enlightenment. May we journey together on that road to enlightenment. And one of the things I learned in preparing the sermon is that often poetry is the best way to describe and experience love. So to close, I share one last poem about love with you by Robert Holden called Disappearing Into Love.
0: When they ask you, what is your religion? Tell them that it is love. And if they ask you, what is your politics?
1: Tell them that it's also love. And if they ask you what that means, you can tell them your philosophy is love. If they wanna know anything else about you, tell them your favorite occupation is loving. And don't forget to tell them that your nationality is love and that even your blood group is love. Not everyone will stick around to hear what you say next, but fear not, family and friends may get busy so as to pretend to forget what you just said. It'd drive them crazy now to know that their blood group is also love and their nationality is love and that the real work of their life
0: is love. One day they will give in and then their philosophy will be love.
1: Their politics will be love and their religion will be love. Love gets us all in the end
0: we, all of us, disappear back into love eventually. May it be so. Blessed be.